0: Hello, and welcome to After Unified, the podcast that's recorded in front of a live audience of one-eyed seagulls. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah. Which one of us is the Robert Pattinson and which one is Willem Dafoe? To be perfectly honest, I would rather neither of us be Willem Dafoe. Unless it's Willem Dafoe and Boondock Saints. <laughs> Solving Crimes. That's the only other Willem Dafoe movie I can think of right now. Oh, nope. Spider-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. Popped up in something I was watching recently where I was like, is that Willem Dafoe? And it was. <laughs> Good story. <laughs> so today is our commentary of Robert Eggers' The Lighthouse. Oh, man. We... Mm, I don't know if I can watch that again. Uh, doesn't he have another new movie coming No, that coming was a out? one-time thing. There's another new Robert Eggers movie that's in the works that has people that I like in it. I'm so on top of people's names today. I don't feel like he makes movies that frequently, but I mean, I can Google this. God, he's only 38. Don't start with me. <laughs> oh yeah, he's doing Nosferatu. That's what it was. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. So that's going to be dope. Um, I am excited about The Northman. So the movie The Lighthouse wasn't even about a haunted lighthouse. No, there was no ghosts in that. There were mermaids and a bird. The, it was haunted by the many farts of Willem Dafoe's character, which is a <laughs> point that got brought up a lot in the film. It was weird. But how many other references were there to make in that opening other than there hasn't been a podcast here for 50 years? How many other Lighthouse movies have you seen recently? Um, I actually watched an episode of Ghost Hunters uh, for this episode. So you can say I really got into the research. This tracks. <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about some haunted lighthouses. Ooh, Yeah. I love spooky lighthouses. I feel like all lighthouses are haunted. Uh, well, as my research has pointed out, probably. Um, by the same ghost, too. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. It's always the lighthouse keeper who is too dedicated to his job. Not even that. Um, it's always the wife of the lighthouse keeper. Ah, uh, mm, yeah. So here's the thing I learned. Um <laughs> There are not a lot of lighthouses that have, like, deep lore that explain why they're haunted, and that also is not something that occurs a lot outside of the United States. This makes complete sense, honestly. So, with that in mind... I feel like Americans just tend to be more superstitious than most countries. I thought there was going to be more in in Britain and Ireland, but I was wrong. We're going to start with a history of lighthouses and how they work and what lighthouse keepers do, because... I feel like it helps clear up some contextual questions later. Fair enough. So, (laughs) lighthouses have been around since ancient Egypt, because, of course. It also doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that ships of any kind need a way to navigate through coastlines in storms and during the nighttime. Yeah, that tends to be fairly important. Yeah. And, as a matter of fact, one of the seven wonders of the world is the Lighthouse of Alexandria in Alexandria, Egypt. Oh, yeah. Uh so it was built by Sostratus of Cynodus, I believe. Um, possibly commissioned by Ptolemy the First, which he was a big deal. Um, but it was finished during the His reign name of does sound familiar. It's it's spelled Ptolemy, but Yeah, it's a PT name. Experience has, has taught me that the P is not pronounced. Generally. Hey, there is a P in a, our Mania episode next week, too. <laughs> Very good. The letter P <laughs> makes an appearance. <laughs> Actually, it makes no appearance because it is also silent. <laughs> there, there's a fun teaser for next week. Um, anyway, the Lighthouse of Alexandria was completed during the reign of Ptolemy II in about 280 BCE. So, the lighthouse stood on the island of Pharos in the harbor of Alexandria and is said to have been more than 350 feet high, which is actually really fucking that's high. Big. Yeah, that's like 30 stories. Yeah, and the only taller man-made structures at the time would have been the Pyramids of Giza, which, as you know, are very large. Yes. Um. So the beacon in it was a fire burning, kind of in an open, like, cranny, nook. There we go. But they used a mirror to reflect the light onto the water. It was very complicated. Oh, yeah. Actually, that you remember sense. that scene in The Mummy <laughs> where Rachel Wise... Where she's um, got the mirror and she yeah. needs to use it to do a thing. Yeah, That. Except, you know, (laughs) that's that's the only specifics I can remember about it. But I do remember that it happened. I was going to say it's less cool than like the the lighthouse was less cool than what she did. But let's be real, since that was fictional and this was real. I'm going to give this one to the lighthouse of Alexandria. That seems fair. So anyway, the lighthouse was severely damaged by three earthquakes between 956 and 1323 A.D. So it was up for a long ass time. And it became an abandoned ruin. It was the third longest surviving ancient wonder after the mausoleum at Holocarnassus and the aforementioned Great Pyramid of Giza, the latter of which is still there. I was just about to ask, are there any of the seven wonders of the world that are still standing, but the pyramids would do it? The pyramid is the one that I remember. I don't think the mausoleum at Holocarnassus is still there, but... I didn't look into it. That's another episode. The ruins survived in part until 1480, when the last of its remains were used to build the Citadel The citadel of Catabay on the same site. Uh, in 1990, Save the confidence, Emily. The Citadel of Catabay. There's a Q with there no you U, and my brain didn't know what to do with that. Catabay sounds right. Yeah. So they used uh, the stones to, to build a, a citadel on the same site, which, you know, you'd think they'd build another lighthouse, but I'm not an architect. In 1994, remains of the structure were found underwater off the coast, and in 2016, the idea of an underwater museum was floated. Ooh, that would be cool. The Tower of Hercules, built by the Romans in northern Spain during the first century AD, remains the oldest, quote, functioning lighthouse in the world. And I'm realizing now it should probably be the Tower of Heracles because if the Romans built it, but that's a nerd tangent that we don't have time for. It can be both. (laughs) I've heard it both ways. So as overseas trade expanded, so did the need for lighthouses around the world. Uh, From China to Indonesia to Africa. Estonia has a couple. I imagine most countries with a coast would have, right? Yeah. Haunted lighthouses, not common around the world. Lighthouses, very common. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So a fun fact is a Scottish family called the Stevenson's built 97 lighthouses along the Scottish coast and elsewhere uh, and also gave the world... Robert Louis Stevenson of Treasure Island fame. That guy. Good for him. <laughs> Good Lighthouse for him. building dynasty. Uh, so lighthouses, I'm yada yada yadding over a lot of stuff because it's an hour long podcast. Um, lighthouses first made their way to New England in 1716. And in 1789, Congress created the U.S. Lighthouse Establishment. To bring lighthouses under federal control. I mean, that's probably that's something I would want the states to regulate the federal government to regulate, I think. Yeah. It just who had that thought, like who walked into the office one Monday morning and was like, I think we need to do something about the lighthouses. So in what we can Florida's got some real shitty lighthouses, we've really got to take these over. Well, actually, in what we can assume is an overcompensation (laughs) for earning a second-rate reputation for the shitty quality of its lighthouses, the United States became (laughs) home to more than 1,000 lighthouses by 1900. Jesus. And with more than 120 lighthouses, the state of Michigan possesses more lighthouses than any other state, because I guess they have something to prove. I mean, that makes sense. Minnesota does have more miles of coastline than pretty much all the coastal states combined, so... (laughs) Um, I'm pretty sure I looked those statistics up this weekend to prove a point, and that is not true. Excuse me? Alaska has the most coastline. Alaska, Florida, California, Hawaii, Louisiana, Texas, North Carolina, Oregon, Maine, Massachusetts, South Carolina, Washington, New Jersey, New York. It's not coastline if it's not on an ocean. Sorry, shoreline. I misspoke. I'm looking up on NPR right now. Regardless. (laughs) Minnesota is- has 44,926 miles of shoreline, all consisting of lakeshore. California, on the other hand, has 35, 4, 000, or 35,477 miles of shoreline, majority coming from lakeshore. We have more shoreline than Florida, which has 30,672 miles. Uh, and yeah, we do, if we include rivers, uh, we have more shoreline than California, Hawaii, and Florida combined. Yeah, but you've never seen the ocean, so... Why would I want to see the ocean? The ocean is where all the worst fish are. Yeah, like jellyfish. And also I have. I was talking about the state of Minnesota as a whole. Not you specifically. I took you to the ocean. I was there. <laughs> anyway, so Michigan has something to prove with 120 lighthouses. I guess I don't know what their deal is. Well, um, we, we, we've spoken about the Great Lakes and their dangers. I don't think it merits 120 lighthouses. But again, not an architect, not a sailor. Uh, so now that we have a... Very loose timeline of lighthouses. Um, We're going to get into how they work, which is magic. Yes. Wood fires were the earliest methods of lighting them. And as time went on, technology advanced. Lamps powered by coal, whale oil, kerosene, and other fuels became commonplace as they were easier to maintain than an open fire. (laughs) Hmm, yeah. I bet they were. God, can you imagine being the guy who's got to, like, just sit at the top of the lighthouse keeping that fire lit? It's like the guys that had to wait in the different citadels leading from Gondor to Rohan. Yes. (laughs) It's that level of boring. Do you think they had to gather their own wood? Or was there there like one guy stoking the fire and one guy whose whole job was to cut all the wood and then haul it all the way up the lighthouse? So (laughs) we'll get to, to that in a second. Well, not that specifically. That's a very specific question, but we'll touch upon the concept. So one of the more important lighthouse inventions, the Fresnel lens, came along in 1822 and used a network of prisms to magnify a small amount of light and cast a beam over distances of 20 miles or more. Magic. Yes. Uh, The lens was widely used in Europe, but from 1820 to 1852, lighthouses in the U.S. were equipped with low-cost alternatives, which I guess is just eight guys holding mirrors standing at the Tower of the Lighthouse. (laughs) I mean, with the way minimum wage was. Which, again, we'll touch on that in, in a minute. Um, so soon after the establishment of the Lighthouse Board, all lighthouses in the United States were equipped with Fresnel lenses. In 1886, the Statue of Liberty became the first lighthouse par- powered by electricity. That was an actual lighthouse at some yeah, point? I did not know it was actually a lighthouse. It served as a lighthouse in the New York Harbor for 15 years. Um, Most lighthouses had gone electric by the 30s after access to electrical lines expanded, and electrical lines led to a series of inventions, including automated time clocks, (laughs) devices to replace burnout light bulbs, and improved radio communications uh, that led them down the path to automation. And you hear a sigh of relief from lighthouse keepers everywhere. Or maybe not. Maybe that's when they started getting bored and going crazy. (laughs) Uh, Manned lighthouses were rare by the 1960s um, when the Coast Guard implemented the Lighthouse Automation and Modernization Program. There were fewer than 60 manned lighthouses by the end of the decade. Today, all lighthouses in the United States are automated, with the exception of the Boston Light in the Boston Harbor Islands National Recreation Area. Which, when we eventually get to go to Boston... Someday. (laughs) I would like to see that. Um, a law passed in 1989 requiring that the Boston light remain manned uh makes it so a keeper remains there today. I don't know why they passed the law, but there is a law that requires that light to have a dude there or a lady. Um, so speaking of keepers, we're going to talk about their whole deal. so this part is kind of crucial since they account for like a lot of the hauntings. generally speaking, I imagine yeah, as I you mean can imagine lighthouses didn't really get a lot of foot traffic. Yeah, it's not like they're going to be haunted by, like, a high school principal. Man, I'd love to see that. Like, he's on a... (laughs) Someone write me that movie. Yeah, I'm just imagining um, Principal Rooney from Ferris Bueller (laughs) in his own spinoff. Goes to a lighthouse. Yeah, he goes to a lighthouse for, like, a, you know, a fun afternoon on the coast, even though they're from Chicago, so I guess it would be a lake situation. I am almost positive there are lighthouses on Lake Michigan. Probably. Um... And then he just keels over from a heart attack because he sees Ferris Bueller there, <laughs> and now he is now he on f- lighthouse cursed to haunt the lighthouse forever. So lighthouses of the ancient world were manned by slaves and soldiers, unsurprisingly. <laughs> yeah, uh, in Europe during the Middle Ages, staffing was provided by monks and nuns, which is hilarious to me for some reason. I mean, if you think about it, it's especially if you've like taken a vow of silence or like something like that, like. To get away in a secluded spot, like a lighthouse, like you're both a providing a service and b, like you're getting the seclusion that you have asked for. I get My it. Point of reference for a lighthouse keeper is like the 1800s Willem Dafoe style. So, picturing a nun talking like that was really funny. <laughs> That's true. This, I can, I get that. By the 1800s, most lightkeepers were professionals employed by agencies like the Lighthouse Board or the Trinity House, which was England's equivalent of the Lighthouse Board. Why do they get a fancy name and we're just like the lighthouse board? They always get fancier names. They have like parliament and shit. <laughs> Many lightkeepers keepers were formerly fishermen, sailors, sons of lightkeepers, keepers, or other individuals with a maritime background. Uh, salaries were generally very low. And in the U.S., keepers earned $200 annually in the late 19th century, while Canadian keepers earned half that amount. I assume the Canadian keepers earned less because of the exchange rate, but I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, so typically, light keepers worked in two scenarios. The first, a, quote, stag station, was a lighthouse manned by a head keeper and a few assistants who worked in shifts, spending long stretches away from their families. This was particularly common in offshore lighthouses because they were harder to get to. So, like the lighthouse from the lighthouse. Yes. That's that's 100% the reference I was about to make. Because basically the way that would work is, like, you and your assistant are on duty for three months. And then, yeah, and then you someone comes and relieves you. And- yeah, I think that's uh, probably how most people picture lighthouses being staffed. Uh, in the second scenario, a keeper lived with his family on the premises. And with a few notable exceptions, light keepers were almost always men. I bet those are the ones that didn't go as crazy. Just their wives. Man, you are going to love what we get to later. So before automation, the scope of the responsibilities included refilling the oil, changing and trimming the wicks, sounding the foghorn, cleaning the lens, otherwise keeping things neat and tidy. And in terms of wrecks and hazards, lightkeepers simply reported them. And then life-saving endeavors were up to the U.S. Life-Saving Service, which was the precursor to the Coast Guard. I was going to say, yeah, be proto-coast guard. Wow. I can say words. But in reality, lightkeepers were responsible for saving a lot of lives. Uh, Ida Lewis, one of the few female lightkeepers in history, was particularly good at this. As an official lightkeeper for Lime Rock Lighthouse off the coast of Newport, Rhode Island, between 1872 and 1911, Lewis personally rescued more than a dozen sailors. Damn. Damn is right. What a cool check. She got a, uh, a like a, I can't remember the name of the magazine, but she was on a magazine, an old-timey magazine uh, cover because of it. I want to say Variety, but I know that didn't exist in the 1900s. (laughs) (laughs) So to increase efficiency, President Franklin Roosevelt dissolved the U.S. Lighthouse Service in 1939 and brought its responsibilities under the jurisdiction of the Coast Guard. Most of the records from the period before 1939 have been lost, except for logbooks kept by the lightkeepers themselves. Were they all burned in a mysterious fire or what? We're not supposed to talk about it. <laughs> and unfortunately, none of the lightkeepers from that era are still alive, so kind of hard to get solid information. But you know what doesn't require solid, reliable information? Ghost, Ghost stories. stories. No facts. <laughs> Speculation and urban legends are a go. No facts, just vibes. So let's get into the haunted lighthouses. Not physically into. I'm sure you know that. Yes, but I'm disappointed. Maybe you're listening to this in a haunted lighthouse. I don't know. I do love visiting a lighthouse. Apparently you have some in the area. Oh, yeah. There's one up Split Rock Lighthouse way up in Duluth. I'm sure that's not the only one, but that's like the famous one. I did look at that one for a story, but unfortunately it's not reliably enough. Uh, Haunted. Haunted reliably enough? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it is haunted, but I'm sure like it's... I have run into this with ghost stories before. Sometimes it's just hard enough, hard to find, like, a story to tell about it. Yeah, I want specifics. I ran into that with castles. First up is the Hasita Head Lighthouse in Florence, Oregon. Of course. Starting local. This popped up on most of the list because it seems to be one of the most accepted haunted lighthouses. uh, Not just in Oregon, but in general. We have other lighthouses that are allegedly haunted, but... Whatever. I mean, all of the lighthouses are haunted, Emily. We have established this. Yes, all lighthouses are haunted. So the lighthouse is named for Spanish explorer Bruno de Hesita, who explored the area in the late 18th century. We can't talk about him, Emily. The area was originally the lands of the (laughs) Sayusla tribe. I'm really pleased with myself for that joke. And they used the location to hunt sea lions as well as gather seabird eggs. So the lighthouse was constructed in 1892 and in 1894 it actually began lighting. Uh, the complex you mean con- being lit being lit proceeded to light the ocean. Was it was lit in <laughs> Yes. Yes, the complex contained the lighthouse as well as houses for the headlight keeper and two assistants and their families and a barn and oil storage huh. buildings. I was going to ask is this like a shoreline lighthouse or lighthouse or is this like a way out in the middle of the sea lighthouse. It's it's a shoreline. It's very high up, okay. but it is shoreline. Uh it was automated in 1963 and added to the National Register of Historic Places in 1978, for closing for restoration in 2011. Uh it's open again and the main keeper's house is a six bedroom B&B. Oh, hell yeah. That sounds very nice. Yeah. The view is amazing. The main haunting at Hasita Head isn't in the physical lighthouse itself but rather the aforementioned B&B. It's making sense to me now why this is such a reliable source of hauntings. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, when when you can bill your B&B as haunted, uh, it's pretty good for advertising. Actually, I looked at the website. Nowhere on it. I feel like they avoided really? mentioning it. Yeah. Um. So the ghost is known as Rue, and if you want to know how she got her name, apparently a group of, I think, Lane Community College students... Uh, hauled their butts up there and held a seance with a Ouija board, and that's the name that is spelled out. Oh, uh, okay. Was this, like, mid-Hunger Games? No. Um, this was in, like, I want to say the 70s. Oh, okay. I know. Prime time for Ouija boards, honestly. Yeah. There was nothing else to do. So, Rue is believed to be connected to the grave of a baby that was allegedly found on the premises. Welcome to Lighthouse. Oh, yay. Baby death. Uh, No one knows how the baby died, but many believe that Rue is the mother who lost her child, obviously. Um, One story says that Rue was the wife of an assistant lightkeeper, and that the child, a daughter, either wandered off the cliffs or drowned in a local pond. Uh, She was buried on the grounds of the lighthouse, and her mother took her own life out of grief. Yeah, being a kid was tough in the olden days. I think that's the plot to The Woman in Black. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the plot to, like, The Ring? No. No the uh, actually actually there is a lighthouse in the the ring though, right? Yes, and it's one of ours. Oh, cool. Yeah, I think it might be Hasita Head. Hold on. It's either that or it's um another one. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, it's the Akina Head uh, lighthouse. Um and I've been oh, to Nice. It. Yep. Uh that's in Newport. Spooky. Also allegedly haunted, but not well enough for me to pick it. Again, as we've established, they're all haunted. Yes. So, as far back as the 50s, people staying at the house reported strange incidents, your usual odd noises, objects moving. Um, Rue is apparently a very active ghost, who also seems to enjoy screaming in the night. Lovely. What a great ghost. Perfect for a B&B. As well as rattling dishes and causing lights to flicker on and off. She's even one been said those. to open locked doors and leave them standing open. I hate that. Yeah. But there's another ghost that haunts the grounds. Or it might be the same one. Jury is out, (laughs) but for the sake of the podcast, let's say that the Grey Lady is a different entity since she has a different name. Fair enough. So the Grey Lady appears in a mist that floats around the grounds of the house. She also appears in a more solid form, uh, such as in a story from the 1970s when the property was undergoing renovation. A man painting the attic came face to face with her and left the house, refusing to go back in. (laughs) He was reassigned outside, but due to an accident, uh, broke the attic window. He replaced the window, but refused to go inside to clean up the broken glass. That night, the owners heard scraping noises in the attic, and the next morning, found all the glass had been swept into a neat pile. At least it's considerate. Yeah. So that's the uh, Hasita Head Lighthouse. All these stories just kind of abruptly stop. Like, I can't give you, like, the the 10 years later (laughs) update. They saw a ghost and were very spooked. Still haunted, I guess. The end. Um, like I said, Michigan has a lot of fucking lighthouses. I guess there's a big lake there or something. There's Yeah, there's a few in the area. The next lighthouse on the list is the Old Presque uh, Isle Lighthouse in, I believe it's pronounced Presque Isle, Michigan. Uh, it is, to my knowledge, one of the oldest standing lighthouses in the state, which is a feat because there's a lot of them. <laughs> so Look, if, you gotta, if you're going to be a famous lighthouse in Michigan, you really have to stand out. Or just stand. <laughs> For a long time. <laughs> So, following the War of 1812 and the increased use of uh, Lake Huron for shipping and passage, it was decided that the lighthouse should be constructed. Uh, Congress initiated funds in 1838 to pay for the beacon. In 1840, Old Presque Isle Lighthouse was built and began operation. Man, remember when the government built Did things? Did stuff? <laughs> uh, the first keeper, they didn't pay the light keepers very well, though, so... You know, well, no. Half a win. Um, the first keeper of the lighthouse was named Henry Woolsey, and he served until 1847 and made about $350 a year. That's not even a lot in 1800s money. No, it doesn't sound like it. Uh, so over the duration of the lighthouse's years in operation, a total of five lightkeepers held the position, which is less than you'd expect. Uh, the final lightkeeper, Patrick Garrity Sr., was appointed by President Abraham Lincoln in 1861. I guess, yeah, from, like, early 1800s to, like, mid to late 1800s. That's, yeah. 21 years. I mean, those are definitely some long 10 years. Probably stick around 8 to 10 years each, but... Some less than others. Oh, boy. <laughs> he remained in leadership over the lighthouse until it was decided that it was deteriorating. Deteriorating. and needed to be replaced... Uh in 1870, it was determined that the new Presque Isle lighthouse would be constructed and operations moved um to the new lighthouse the next year. I assume that they didn't call the lighthouse we're talking about the old Presque Isle lighthouse until after the new one was built because how until wild the new would one that was be? Built? That makes sense. I'm going to build a brand new restaurant and call it like the old restaurant. <laughs> Good work. <The> improv skills. <laughs> unparalleled, just unmatched. This is what makes us the number 53 uh, improv podcast in Ireland. <laughs> we had to earn that. <laughs> Over the next hundred years, the light, the old Presque light- Isle lighthouse was sold to various people. Modifications were made as well as a new lightkeeper station. Um, and it was finally recognized as a historical place in 1964 and opens as, a- as a museum in the early nineties. I'm surprised people like actually took care of it or, Taking care of it, I'm sure, is generous, but, like, enough where it didn't just, like, completely fall into the sea. Yeah. Yeah, I think in the 1900s, we kind of started to appreciate our older buildings in, like, a historical context. Yeah. Um, So the weird part of this is that the ghost that is said to haunt the light was a former museum caretaker who died in 1992. I don't know why that is the funniest thing in the world to me, that this lighthouse has been around for over 200 years. But, like, it was just some dude who died in the 70s. In the 90s. In the 90s, sorry. 1992. That's amazing. That is so good. Yeah, the ghost of George Paris is said to return regularly to light the light which I don't even know if he did as his duties as a museum caretaker. It's like, oh, shit, we made it this far and we forgot to have a ghost. <laughs> they got to call one in. Who the last person to die here? <laughs> no, the lighthouse killed him specifically <laughs> so it would oh, have God. a ghost. <gasps> the lighthouse was so embarrassed by all its other lighthouse, nearby God. lighthouse neighbors that all had their own ghosts. Someone write me this animated children's film. That's some haunting of Hill House nonsense. (laughs) Damn. Damn, I want to see that movie. Um, Okay. Like, the lighthouse always has to have a keeper situation. Yeah. So... One account of Mr. Paris included a young girl who was exploring the tower alone. Uh, when she returned, she had told her parents that she was talking to a, quote, nice old man in the tower's lamp room. It was later found that, of course, no one else had been in the tower at the time. Uh, but the girl correctly identified the man as former keeper George Paris from a photo kept in the adjoining museum. Ooh. Uh, there's also a story of how he saved his wife uh, from beyond the grave. Ooh. Yeah. So Paris's widowed wife was going out to run an errand during an, a tense lightning storm, which, sure, d- doesn't seem like the time. Look, sometimes you just really need Doritos. <laughs> That's fair. Oh, man, I could really go for some Doritos. <laughs> um, Dortesh didn't exist yet, so. Uh, she was about to leave the cottage, but she claimed that some unusual force kept blocking the exit. Just then, lightning struck directly outside the cottage. And, of course, Miss Paris believed that this was the spirit of her deceased husband that kept her from being electrocuted. Is she assuming the lightning would have struck her? Yes. Or That's... she would have been in the area. I mean, she was in the area, no, but... Oh. So, I couldn't find a lot of information on this, but the new Presque Isle lighthouse, uh, which is located a few miles north, has its own, admittedly way creepier, story. Ooh. The, to- the tower is rumored to be haunted by the spouse of a former keeper, and legend has it that he would lock her in the tower or a tunnel where he would trek off into town to visit his girlfriend. That's very rude. Uh, some say he eventually killed her. Others say that the isolation drove her insane. Either way, people still claim to hear her wailing. It could be both. It's probably both. By being from Oregon, uh, where we obviously have our own fair share of lighthouses, when I think of haunted lighthouses, New England is always the first place to come to mind. You know, I mean, I feel like New England just has a better concentration of ghosts than most places in the United States. Yeah, so there were a ton of New English <laughs> lighthouses <laughs> to choose from, um, but I went with the uh, Sequin Island Lighthouse in Georgetown, Maine, or Sequin. It's probably you gotta sequin. do Maine. Yeah, I feel like Maine or Rhode Island. Like those are the the two the two places that are gonna have like a good haunted lighthouse. Um. So this lighthouse, located at the mouth of the Kennebec River, is the second lighthouse that was ever built in Maine, and is one of the oldest in the United States. Hmm. Uh, so the little island of rock that it's located on is frequently shrouded in fog, with an average of 2,734 hours of fog every year. As someone who has been living through the winter that will never end, that sounds exhausting. That is approximately 113 days. That's too many days. So is this, sorry, you'll have to, I might ask this question for every lighthouse. Is this a shoreline lighthouse or like an island lighthouse? It's at the mouth of a river on a little rocky island. So there's like river okay. around it and it Both. like looks out on the, the ocean. It sounds very pretty. We'll, we'll have pictures of all of these and that's going to be a great slideshow. Um, so the freezing temperatures and generally brutal weather give the vibe that this place was built to be haunted. <laughs> Um, So merchants submitted the petition for the lighthouse in 1786, but the government didn't order the lighthouse until 1795 because of how governments do. (laughs) Sounds about right. Um, Once President George Washington gave the order, the lighthouse construction began and the project was completed in 1797 for a cost of $6,300. Not bad. If my uh, musical theater knowledge is correct... Um, this was during the Hamilton is the treasurer times. What year was it again? Uh, 1786, 1795 area. Yeah, maybe. I was just thinking like he was the one who took forever approving the budget for this lighthouse, but whatever. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lynn manuel Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many ships crashed because of you? <laughs> yeah, I read a musical about that. Oh, <laughs> uh, did you hear they're doing a Titanic musical? Thank God. I don't know. I feel like that's... M- Are they basing it on the movie, or...? I hope, because otherwise, it's in even worse taste. There actually was a Titanic musical, like, way back in the 90s. Oh, man. So, <clears throat> Sequin Island Lighthouse holds the title as the highest elevated lighthouse in Maine, standing just over 180 feet above sea level. The fixed, non-flashing light is visible to ships as far out as 40 miles. Where the fuck was I? Ah, yes. Due to the crazy amount of fog in the area, the lighthouse is equipped with one of the most powerful foghorns ever made. Oh, boy. I bet that pitch is loud. <laughs> the original structure was replaced in 1820 and again in 1857 when the present structure was erected. The light continued to be manually monitored until it was fully ama- automated in 1985. Um, I hope you guys are cool with, like, half of this episode just being fun facts about lighthouses, because... That's really what I got. Isn't that what we're here for? I hope. that the- <laughs> If Haunted Castle, Haunted Irish Castles was not enough of an indication, there is just not enough content to fill it with just ghosts. You got to give the background of the place. Got to give the history a little bit. So the history of uh, Sequin Island Light Station is filled with strange and tragic stories. Uh, the first one is a great example of why we need to pay people more. Yeah. Um, allegedly, the first light keeper died penniless and boatless on the island. That's sad. Some say his ghost has haunted the keepers who came after him. There have been sightings of a ghost who has been named the old captain. He is usually seen climbing the staircase of the tower as if heading upstairs to do his job. Um, one night, the old furnishings were being removed from the premises, and apparently the man in charge of the crew moving the furniture was awakened in the night by- old captain who asked him not Ooh. to take the furniture and to leave his home alone <laughs> obviously they didn't listen <laughs> to be fair if you're like one of those ghosts who doesn't know that they're dead and all of a sudden people just show up in your house and start taking your, your shit i yeah i'd maybe be a little miffed i mean that was the plot to beetlejuice <laughs> and they did know they were dead though but fact remains so obviously they didn't listen and the next day the furniture was removed Uh, After it had all been loaded onto a boat and was being lowered into the water, the cable snapped. The boat and everything in it fell onto the rocks below and was smashed to pieces. Oh, dear. Uh, Some sources say that a young girl died on the island and was buried nearby because every lighthouse has to have a little girl. Yes. Standard lighthouse ghost. Haunted, old haunted captain. Woman Uh, in gray. Terribly traumatized (laughs) widow. Small girl. Yes. Yes. The girl has been reported to have been running up and down the stairs, waving to those who see her, and she has also been heard laughing and bouncing a ball in a room upstairs. But maybe my favorite story, and I use favorite loosely because it is a tragic story, people died, but you know. Um, story is that of a former caretaker in the mid-1800s who was driven insane and murdered his wife, and then took his own life. Jeez. That's like The Shining with boats. Legend says that the caretaker brought his wife to live with him at the lighthouse uh, shortly after they were married. But as time went by, she became depressed and sullen, and he bought her a piano to help cheer her up. I feel like I've heard this story before. Unfortunately, he didn't think to get her more than one piece of sheet music, so she is said to have played the same song over and over and over until her husband finally (laughs) took an axe to the piano to her and then himself. Uh, passing ships have reported that the sound of faint piano music can be heard coming from the island. That's delightful. I mean, no, that's terrible. Like, if that truly was a real story, that's terrible. That's a horrible incident of domestic violence. But that just, it's such a classic lighthouse ghost story. It's a real haunted mansion of a story. I'm sure it's gotta be, that's gotta be one of those ghost stories that, like, at least five lighthouses claim to have that haunting. In my head... It's a piano version of the Cantina Pants song from Star Wars. <laughs> I was going to guess it was like The Entertainer or something. Oh, man. Oh, no. Heart and soul. Oh, heart and soul. <laughs> to be fair, you don't need cheat music for heart and soul. I think everyone is just born knowing it. Oh, yeah. God puts that into your fingers <laughs> when you're a small baby. Yes, it's when you're born, you know how to breathe, blink, and the first <laughs> 10 seconds of heart and soul. Uh, chopsticks was always my jam, though. Oh, yeah. So, additional accounts of paranormal uh, activities include doors opening, closing by themselves, mysterious cold spots, coats being thrown onto the floor, tools disappearing and reappearing, and coughing from an unseen source. Someone got the TB. That was the second way to die at a lighthouse. The first one being, um, murder-suicide. Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't gonna do this next one because I wanted to spend time doing some international lighthouses, but there are not a lot of those, because the idea of the haunted lighthouse, like I said, is seems to be a very American phenomenon. Yeah, that feels just true to me in my heart. I found a couple, but there was only like a paragraph of information, and it was on like one site that I had to go three pages deep for. So needless <laughs> to say, I didn't uh, spend a lot of time Look, on guys, those. Look guys, we do this for free. So, While I would love to tell you about the lighthouse in Australia, where a girl died of typhoid and was buried in a bathtub because they couldn't get her off the island to bury her properly. (laughs) Jesus. That's the whole story. I mean, it is very grim. you have got that going for you. Um, Anyway, this is the St. Augustine Light Station in St. Augustine, Florida. (laughs) Oh, nice. Yes. Another classic haunted lighthouse. Very classic. Um, It came up on every fucking list. (laughs) So, standing at the north end of Anastasia Island... Uh, The Saint Augustine Light Station is an active lighthouse built in 1874. Um, However, a Spanish watchtower was built on the same site in the late 1500s. That's an old bitch. That's that's a very long time to be not because not be a lighthouse, but you have a lighthouse to have something there. Yeah. Um, Over the years, a series of wooden watchtowers evolved into Florida's first lighthouse, which was built on the site in May of 1824. The first lightkeeper was a man named Juan Andrew. Andreu? Andrew? Whatever. Um, Sorry, Juan. Uh, he was the first Hispanic American to serve in the Coast Guard and the first to oversee a federal installation of any kind. So, snaps for Juan. Good for him. Yeah. He continued to serve until 1845. Uh, nine years later, his son Joseph would take up the same position in 1854. Unfortunately... Juan was killed in an accident when he fell 60 feet to his death while the, when the scaffolding gave way while he was whitewashing the tower in 1859. Um, this is why I'm scared of heights. Sorry, not Juan. One Joseph died that way. So Juan, oh, Juan died an old man. Uh, his son Joseph died by falling. But Joseph's wife, Maria, took over as keeper and became the first woman to serve as an official lighthouse keeper in Florida and the first Hispanic oh, cool. American woman... To lead a federal shore installation, you know this is something the Travel Channel specials never tell you. Actually, um, they brought it up in the episode of Ghosted uh, Hunters that I watched. Ah, uh. so in 1862, the Civil War with the Civil War underway, the light was extinguished, fearing it would aid the Union Navy. Uh, the lens was removed and buried for some reason, but it was eventually recovered, and it wasn't reinstalled and relit until 1867. Someone was like, we have to turn the light off, let me take this lens and bury it? Sure. I don't, yeah, to keep the enemy from getting it, I don't, it's not the Ark of the Covenant. So by 1870, the shoreline erosion was threatening the lighthouse and Congress appropriated $100,000 to build a new one. Uh, Construction began in 1871 and continued for three years until it was lit in October of 1874. Uh, the original Fresnel lens remains in there today as one of the few such operating lenses left in the United States. Um, on August 31st, 1886, the Charleston earthquake caused the tower to, quote, sway violently, according to the keeper's <laughs> nice. log, uh, but there was no recorded damage. That's a long way for an earthquake to travel, though. Maybe yeah. not, but like, it feels it feels like it should be a long way. <laughs> um, in 1907, the lighthouse received modern plumbing, and in 1925, it received electricity in the keeper's quarters. Uh, in 1936, the tower light was electrified, and now I'm going to yada 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 pass some light arson, uh, <laughs> b- b- <laughs> World War II. Some stuff happened. <laughs> Today, the lighthouse is St. Augustine's oldest surviving brick structure and has been restored to the colors and materials used in 1888. It's like white and red. It's actually really cute. Um, the lighthouse rises 165 feet above sea level. Um, and at the top, the original first order Fresnel lens still serves as the beacon, but is lit by a thousand watt bulb instead of an oil lamp. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah. And it's maintained by the museum and its volunteers. Okay. So it's not necessarily a working lighthouse anymore. It functions. Um, yeah. But it's a It museum. functions, but it like isn't. That's not its purpose. Yeah. I mean, the need for lighthouses is uh, vaguely minimal at this point, but... Right. Yeah, we've got decent navigation now. Well, and lights that go on boats. Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Boats can have their own lights now. Uh, The grounds also consist of the 1876 Keeper's House, two summer kitchens added in 1886, a 1941 U.S. Coast Guard barrack, and a 1936 garage that was home to a Jeep repair facility during World War II. Very exciting. Tell me about these summer kitchens. What's a summer kitchen? (laughs) Um so Actually, like a patio with a grill? No, I hate that I know the answer to this. So in in the olden times before uh Central AC was a thing, especially in Florida, mm-hmm. cooking in your actual kitchen would make the house too hot. So mm-hmm. a lot of houses in the South and um weirdly Ed Gean's house in Wisconsin, <laughs> they would build a summer kitchen which is kind of like a shed out back that had kitchen. Uh, facilities, so you could cook there and not heat up the entire house. Interesting, that's very cool. I think I googled it because it was mentioned in Harold Schechter's Deviant when he was talking about Ed Gein because he <laughs> strung up Bernice Warden in the summer kitchen. Uh, anyways, um, so that's numer- a fun piece of trivia to have. <laughs> there are numerous reports of spirits who continue to reside on the grounds of the lighthouse. Some of whom are believed to be, of course, previous lightkeepers and their families. Again, who else is it going to be? Right. Like, they're kind of like the only people who stay there for any extended period of time. Well, I guess there was that museum caretaker, but the line between museum caretaker... I would say he's an outlier. Yeah. Juan is said to continue to look after the lighthouse. He is often spied moving on the top level of the stairs inside the lighthouse, as well as staring through the window. And I can... Somewhat personally confirm this as I witnessed an apparition caught on film in the episode of Ghost Hunters that I had on in the background as I was typing this paragraph. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Definitive proof. I will say it was compelling. Um, It was it was a fun uh, investigation, especially because one of the Ghost Hunters guys in that era was scared of heights. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I get it, but woof. I want to say it was like season two. They had like three Lighthouse episodes that season, but- I, I'm usually not one for original recipe ghost hunters. I like the international version, but it was it was fun. So, Did they just choose lighthouses to fuck with that one guy? Because that's kind of the impression <laughs> I'm getting from my limited knowledge of ghost it's hunters. It's possible. Yes, it would be like them, I guess, always picking places in the dark to take me because <laughs> I don't enjoy the dark. Okay, so another accident occurred on the grounds when three young girls were playing with a hand cart near the ocean during the reconstruction. The cart broke, all the girls fell into the sea, and drowned. Oh, that's very depressing. Um, Today, there are a number of tales about the girls seen roaming the grounds. Uh, Visitors have heard the voices of children playing, which, you know, I'm not even going to debunk that. Um, Fine, yeah, sure. Sure. I mean, like we said, I'll... I'll all lighthouses have to have at least one girl ghost. I'm I'm very impressed that this one has three. People have seen apparitions of the girls swinging on a swing set, uh, laughter, and faces uh, are seen peering from the window, and a spirit in a blue Ooh. dress floats around the grounds. Again, it's the beginning of Woman in Black. <laughs> Boy, that's a good movie. I love it so much. Um, it it's still so scares me. Yeah, second one is is crap. I'm sorry. It has some nice people in it. Second one is but so bad. It's terrible. Anyways, uh, so no tragic accident is known to have occurred to former lightkeeper Peter Rasmussen, um, but he is said to keep a watchful eye on the property, leaving behind the strong odor of cigar smoke. Further events include random unexplained noises, objects being moved, a woman's voice, um, laughter heard from the top of the tower, locked doors that are found open, and music boxes that turn on by themselves. Uh, along with cold spots Creepy. and drafts. Yes, that's the worst case scenario. <laughs> I would rather hear demonic laughter from the top of the tower than to have a music <laughs> box randomly start playing. Agreed. Anyway, so that's the uh, St. Augustine lighthouse. Lots of stuff going on there. No wonder. Yeah. Um. Well, and then in the episode of, of Ghost Hunters, the guy that was giving them the tour mentioned that one of the caretakers died by suicide uh, hanging from the the porch. But I found nothing about that being a ghost. So interesting. Okay, Um, we're gonna wrap up our Four Corners and a Great Lake tour of haunted lighthouses in the US (laughs) with California. I was I was just doing like the geography in my head. I'm like, wait, okay, so we did Oregon and Maine and Florida, and California. So the history of Point Sur Lighthouse dates back to the 19th century, like all of these other fucking lighthouses, except that one that was built in the 1700s. Look, it was the golden age of lighthouses. It was, actually. In the 19th century, shipwrecks were becoming a very common occurrence at Point Sur. Uh, the land, described as, quote, a lump of volcanic rock that stretched half a mile from the shore posed a huge hazard to ships as a full course change was needed to get around the land. Damn. Uh, in 1886, funding was approved by Congress, and they constructed a lighthouse atop Point Sir. Uh, the summit was leveled to provide a spot for the lighthouse and the facilities. So, but they basically just blasted off the, the peak <laughs> of this, like, <laughs> as volcanic. You do. Yeah. On August 1st, 1889, Point Sur Lighthouse was finally completed. It stood at 40 feet tall, so not that impressive, Oh, although very judgmental of your lighthouses. At this point, I feel like I have the authority. Um, I will say that it was on top of a peak, so it probably added some height to it. Yeah. I don't have the above sea level. You don't need to build it as high because it's already very high up. So hopefully it would help prevent some of the shipwrecks that had been occurring. Uh, Poinster Lighthouse was then equipped with a 12-foot-tall first-order Fresnel lens, which is Very fancy, if you know your Fresno lenses, um, which was illuminated by a kerosene lantern. The lens, which weighed 4,330 pounds, is identified by its alternating white and red flashes that pulsate every 15 seconds. And is said to be seen from as far as 20 nautical miles away, because it is still in operation. Because it is still a very dangerous uh, point on the the shore. For decades, four keepers and their families lived... On point, sir. Essential supplies such as food, coal, firewood, animal feed came every four months via a uh, lighthouse tender, which is a long ship designed to support lighthouses across the United States. So they would like do their little routes and drop shit off at all the lighthouses. Kind of like Amazon Prime, but not two (laughs) days and a boat. A little less convenient, maybe. Um, Goods were secured to a rail car at the bottom of the summit and winched up to the lighthouse via a small steam engine. They had a tiny train, (laughs) just a little little itty bitty train. I like that. That's very cute. I didn't need to include this information, but that the little steam engine got me. Um, A horse and wagon was also provided to retrieve mail and for any emergency supplies from Pfeiffer's Resort, which is now known as Pfeiffer Big Sur State Park. So there was a little resort a ways away where you could get your basics. Um, The families at Poinster also cultivated a small vegetable garden. Mm, Nice. Like Matt Damon in The Martian. It does strike me as like, it's got to be kind of quaint to be like... Maybe not one of those where you're on like an island by yourself, but like when you're just kind of a lighthouse keeper and you kind of just kind of hang out. Yeah, I would do it for one of the more chill lighthouses. Yeah, like the ones in Oregon are generally pretty accessible. I wouldn't want to be the one doing the work, but (laughs) no, no, of course not. So the completion of Highway One in 1937 connected Big Sur with Monterey and San Luis Obispo, making the lighthouse accessible. Uh, Two years later, in 39, ownership and operation was transferred to the U.S. Coast Guard. Uh, the existing lighthouse keepers continued to man the lighthouse. Uh, they were allowed to remain as employees of the civil Service or become members of the Coast Guard. Uh, Operation of the Lighthouse was eventually automated in 74, and in 78, the Fresnel lens was replaced with a rotating arrow beacon light to prevent vandalism and theft. It was a 4,000-pound lens who was stealing that. Hey, <laughs> Jesus, yeah. That's a lot of work. For Who are you going to sell that to? Like, I guess you can probably break it down. You can have it. Like, it's obviously very yeah. important to you. <laughs> you win. Um, Poinster Lighthouse is now listed on the National Reg- Register of Historic Places and is currently the only lighthouse of that era that is still in operation in California. And one of the cutest things about doing all of these is that each lighthouse has, like, a little, a little thing. Like, we have the oldest, like, door in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. that. Classic lighthouse. That is sweet. Over the years, keepers at Point Sur have witnessed over a dozen shipwrecks along the coast, uh, including the SS Los Angeles uh, in April of 1894, Majestic on December 5th 1909, Thomas Wand, which is a boat, not a dude, <laughs> in 1922. Sometimes boats ha- boats have people names. Emily, the Babinda on March 4th 1923. <laughs> I'm sorry, that shouldn't be funny. I'm sure people died, but wow, the Babinda, uh, Panama, and Rhine Maru on March 30th and April 4th, 1930, and the Lupine on November 25th, 1933. <laughs> it's not funny, but that's just a lot of shipwrecks. That is a lot, especially when like isn't the lighthouse there to make sure boats don't crash? I mean, I'm sure they're only responsible they can't up catch to a them point. all. <laughs> <laughs> they're not Pokemon. On February 13th, 1935, the airship, the USS Macron, ran into a storm off the coast of Pointe, Sur. A piece of the upper tail fin that was detached in a wind shear punctured the gas cells causing leakage. Two keepers on duty at the lighthouse witnessed the crashing of the helium-filled dirigible as it landed gently into the sea miles away from the shore. Fortunately, for some, maybe not everybody, only two of the 83 crew operating the airship were lost not not for those two but for most people can you imagine being the lighthouse keeper up on the the balcony with your pipe and your (laughs) peacoat you're just kind of watching the ships go by you just see a fucking airship tank (laughs) you're like i don't get paid enough for this literally not um so all of these wrecks have led some people to believe that the site has been quote and I'm using a word from a ghost site, tainted, with paranormal activity. How about cursed? That's better than tainted. In 2011, a paranormal investigation conducted by a local ghost hunter concluded that over 18 spirits haunt the buildings at Point Sur. So is the theory that, like, all these shipwreck ghosts, like, are like, well, I guess I got nowhere else to go, I'll stick with the lighthouse? Well, next sentence, many of them are believed to be the souls of the shipwrecks who Uh. were guided to the lighthouse by the lights and have made their permanent home there. So, yes. That's, I mean, for ghost logic, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it checks out. Um, plus, it's probably a, a source of electricity in the now times. Whatever. Um, so, visitors have reported encounters with a man in a 19th century navy blue uniform. So, the sea captain that I had just described in my little airship scenario. And the apparition of a young girl, reported to be the daughter of a former lightkeeper, is also said to wander around the compound. According to Julia Nunez, a ghost hunter and docent at the lighthouse, a spirit by the name of Ruth is said to linger in a house on Point Sur. Ruth is particularly known to frequent the kitchen where she cooked for her husband and children and would close the doors to keep it away from visitors. (laughs) The voice of Catherine Ingersoll, a Danish immigrant who was married to a keeper, was also captured during an electronic voice phenomenon or EVP session. I don't know how they know it was her specifically. Because I'm sure it sounded like, because that's what all EVP sounds like to me. So that's our American Lighthouses. And I was deeply determined to find a story that wasn't in America, had a long enough backstory, and also wasn't that Scottish lighthouse where all the dudes disappeared. We'll get to that. That's a mini all by itself. Also, it's not haunted. They just, you know, aren't there anymore. I mean, it's haunted by mystery, is it not, Sarah? I mean... It's haunted as in all lighthouses are haunted, but it's kind of like all hotels are haunted. I present to you, Sarah and the people of Afternoonify, the one international haunted lighthouse, the lighthouse of Tevenek in Brittany, France, <laughs> built in 1875 and automated in 1910 because of the sheer difficulty of reaching it. Oh, boy. Madness and death, the tale's claim, followed the 23 lighthouse operators who operated it in the years up to that point. Now, for anyone keeping score, it was built in 1875 and was automated in 1910. That is 35 oh, years dear. with 23 lighthouse. <laughs> that's quite a few lighthouse keepers. The area itself has a history of shipwrecks. Uh, during the Napoleonic Wars, a French ship called the Seducant crashed against the rocks, leading to the death of hundreds of sailors. Uh, Some say it's also haunted by Celtic spirits of seafarers and warriors from centuries earlier. Oh, definitely. Uh, So when the lighthouse was first established, the French government classified it as a lighthouse requiring a single keeper. Mm, That seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Like any good story, creepy things started happening immediately. Um, According to stories, the first lighthouse keeper, Henri Guzenic, uh, was driven insane by ghostly voices demanding that he leave. Oh, lovely. <laughs> that's cool. That's fine. The same fate befell his replacement, and the government reclassified Tevenek as a two-man lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> How about there are no one-man lighthouses? Why don't we just decide that's a bad idea? Um, The additional keeper didn't seem to... Have any effect. Crucifixes were allegedly embedded into rocks on the island in an (laughs) 1893 attempt to exorcise it. Jesus. And in 1897, the French government began recruiting married couples to keep the lighthouse in hopes that the companionship would ease the loneliness, which was definitely the problem. And that's why there's a string of like 15 murdered women. Another keeper passed away suspiciously, no details to be found, and a third was found dead in his bed. Again, No details. I think the women are murdering the men in this case. (laughs) You know what? Good for them. Um, A fourth, who is said to have stayed there with his father, slit his own throat with a razor. Ah, that's not easy to do. Uh, Louis and Marie Jaquette Camer lived on the island with their three children, a cow, and no documented encounters with ghosts. It's because of the cow. Yes. Uh, I believe they were the last ones before the lighthouse was automated in 1910, and Te- uh, Tevenek remained uninhabited until a couple years ago, when a guy named Mark pointed set out to inhabit the island for 60 days. Oh boy, how did that go? Uh, after being uninhabited by humans for over a century, this guy Mark, the president of the- I'm not kidding- National Society for Heritage Lighthouses and Beacons- decided to spend oh 69 days nice alone in the haunted property (laughs) um this was part of a project called light on Tevenek, and after being initially postponed due to bad weather eventually made it to the island becoming its first resident in over a hundred years um. Although still isolated and very basic accommodations, he had a laptop and internet and was in contact with the mainland in case of emergencies. He returned safely. <laughs> Nothing happened. I'm waiting for the movie. I say, I'm looking at this now and it's, yeah, it's just kind of a building on a big rock. Deeply creepy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Love it. He returned safely and now hopes to turn Tevenike into a permanent residence for someone other than the apparent demons. <laughs> Jeez. No. What? That's not a practical place to live, even in, like, modern days. It's like Elliot from Stardew. No, thank you. Yeah. But that's that's all I have on haunted lighthouses, lighthouse trivia. I never want to see another lighthouse again. I, meanwhile, need to add some more lighthouses to my travel itinerary, preferably haunted ones. They're very cool. I only have one picture of one from that I've been to, and it was from, like, 12 years ago. But um, it was the one I'm from I'm sure the light- I've been to- a lighthouse at some point, but it's been a while. Yeah. I'll be visiting one in November probably. So that's fun. Not the good, super creepy one. The, the one from the ring again. <laughs> nice. Anyways, uh, if you have better haunted lighthouse stories, you can tell us on Twitter at afternoonified Instagram at afternoonified you can email us after pod at, at com, or find us at af- after get com. You can also donate by merch do other stuff all those standard website things i was reminded of our very cool merch design that avalon did um with uh, billy howie tafters oh billy howie tafters go pick some of that up anyway so yes uh goodbye everybody oh remember to rate subscribe review blah 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 the uh, soda is starting the to usual stuff happy 420 everybody all right goodbye, goodbye. we love you